Section 38 of the Kerner Commission Report. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Report of the National Advisory Commission on Civil Disorders, Kerner Commission Report. Chapter 12 Control of Disorder, Part 1 Introduction to analyze the complex social causes of disorder, to plumb the impact of generations of deprivation, to work for broad and sensitive efforts at prevention, are vital tasks, but they are slow and difficult. When, in the meantime, civil disorder breaks out, three simple principles emerge. First, preserving civil peace is the first responsibility of government individuals cannot be permitted to endanger the public peace and safety, and public officials have a duty to make it clear that all just and necessary means to protect both will be used. Our society is founded on the rule of law. That rule must prevail. Without it we will lack not only order but the environment essential to social and economic progress. Second, in maintaining the rule of law, we must be careful not to sacrifice it in the name of order. In our concern over civil disorder, we must not mistake lawful protest for illegal activities. The guardians of the law are also subject to the law they serve. As the FBI states in its riot manual for law enforcement officers, a peaceful or lawful demonstration should not be looked upon with disapproval by a police agency. Rather, it should be considered as a safety valve, possibly serving to prevent a riot. The police agency should not countenance violations of law. However, a police agency does not have the right to deny the demonstrator his constitutional rights. Third, maintaining civil order is the responsibility of the entire community. Not even the most professional and devoted law enforcement agency alone can quell civil disorder any more than it alone can prevent civil disorder. A thin blue line is too thin. Maintaining civil peace is the responsibility of the entire community, particularly public officials. The guidance, assistance, and support of the mayor can be decisive. This does not deny the very great responsibility which is and should be borne by the police. In the supplement on control of disorder at the end of this report, we offer specific comments which we hope will help law enforcement agencies regain control after major disorders have developed. In this chapter, however, the Commission considers ways by which the police, with the leadership and support of the civil authorities, can suppress and restrain potentially major disorders in their initial phases. The Initial Incident Last summer, Almost 150 cities experienced some form of civil disorder. Most remained minor disturbances, effectively controlled by the local police and civil authorities. In some cities, similar incidents led to serious disorder. Why? Testimony and evidence studied by the Commission point to the preeminent role of police reaction to the initial incident. 
how the police and the community respond to and deal with such incidents may well determine whether they remain relatively minor police problems or balloon into major disorders initial police response when police receive word of an accident fight or similar incident a patrolman is routinely sent to the scene he is called on to exercise technical and professional skills at which he is practiced investigation individual control and perhaps arrest infrequently he may have to call for assistance in any event his judgments while important normally have an impact only on the immediate participants in the densely populated ghetto however particularly when summer heat drives many residents into the streets even the most routine incident may call for far more than a technical assessment the responding officer's initial judgment here is critical in two respects first it will guide his own conduct second it will guide the response of his superiors what orders if any should they give him what help should they send if he asks for help an assessment of this sort may be difficult for the best informed officer what makes it even more difficult is that police often do not know what to expect when they respond to incidents in ghetto areas where virtually all the 1967 disorders occurred. The average police officer has little knowledge or understanding of the underlying tensions and grievances that exist in the ghetto. Yet this information is vital if the police officer is to decide correctly what police or other control measures should be taken to deal with the incident. The task is to find ways to inform his judgment to the maximum extent possible. While good judgment cannot be institutionalized, some broad considerations can be offered. The Basic Factors Five factors, often inseparable, recurred in the major disorders of last summer. One, crowded ghetto living conditions, worsened by summer heat. 2. Youth on the streets. 3. Hostility to police. 4. Delay in appropriate police response. and 5. Persistent rumors and inadequate information. On hot summer nights, the front steps and the street become a refuge from the stifling tenements of the ghetto. Detroit's 12th Street, New Haven's Congress Street, and the grim public housing blocks of Newark illustrate how ghetto streets come alive with people, especially on summer nights and weekends, when many of the disorders of 1967 began. The people on the streets invariably include a very high proportion of youth. It takes little to attract a crowd in this setting. Making an arrest is a routine matter to many police officers, in the ghetto it can draw a crowd instantly, quick to misunderstand, quick to characterize the police action as unfair, quick to abandon curiosity for anger. Crowded ghetto living conditions and youth on the streets, the first two factors, cannot be remedied by the police, but the police must take these conditions into account in assessing even the most routine ghetto incident. Every police officer responding to a call in tense, heavily populated areas must be sensitive to tension situations. Here, more than in any other type of police duty, 
the individual officer must exercise good judgment and common sense the chicago police department issued the following training bulletin to all its personnel preventing civil disorders is always easier than suppressing them the police officer by disciplining his emotions recognizing the rights of all citizens and conducting himself in the manner his office demands can do much to prevent a tension situation from erupting into a serious disturbance there are however steps police can take to eliminate or minimize the effects of the remaining three factors in the preceding chapter we have already discussed the factor of hostility to police as for delay sufficient manpower is a prerequisite for controlling potentially dangerous crowds the speed with which it arrives may well determine whether the situation can be controlled in the summer of nineteen sixty seven we believe that delay in mobilizing help permitted several incidents to develop into dangerous disorders in the end requiring far more control personnel and creating increased hazards to life and property rumors significantly aggravated tension and disorder in more than sixty-five per cent of the disorders studied by the commission sometimes as in tampa and new haven rumor served as the spark which turned an incident into a civil disorder elsewhere notably detroit and newark even where they were not precipitating or motivating factors inflaming rumors made the job of police and community leaders far more difficult experience also has shown that the harmful effect of rumors can be offset if police public officials and community leaders quickly and effectively circulate the facts an innovative method is that of a rumor central an office responsible for the collection evaluation and countering of rumors which could lead to civil disorder to be most effective such units might be located outside police departments in any event they should work closely with police and with other public officials in addition to the problem of rumors incident to disorders the police are often handicapped by the lack of adequate reliable information an effective police intelligence unit trained and equipped to gather evaluate analyze and disseminate information is needed to rectify this deficiency control capabilities whenever an initial incident erupts into a major crowd control problem most police departments are confronted with a difficult manpower problem a police department normally has only a fraction something around thirteen per cent of its uniformed force on duty during the peak four p m to midnight watch when nearly all the riots studied by the commission began for example a city like cincinnati with a population of about five hundred thousand and an area of seventy seven square miles would normally have fewer than one hundred uniformed policemen available if trouble broke out a city like peoria illinois with a population of about a hundred thousand would have fewer than twenty-five uniformed patrolmen on hand dispersal is also a factor normal police operations require personnel to be distributed over the entire geographical area of a city when disorder breaks out the task of mobilizing all available manpower is enormous the police administrator must weigh the need for police to control the riot 
against the risks of leaving vital areas of the city without police protection. It is apparent that most American cities would not have enough patrolmen quickly available to assure control in the event of a sudden large disorder. A high premium must hence be placed on the capability to prevent disorders, or to contain them before they develop into serious proportions. Training Despite the obvious importance of well-trained police in controlling disorder, the Commission's survey of the capabilities of selected police departments disclosed serious deficiencies. For example, riot control training is primarily given to recruits. This averaged 18 hours for the departments surveyed, ranging from 62 hours to only two little additional training is provided for command-level officers. In contrast, the National Guard now receives a minimum of 32 hours of riot control training under new U.S. Army regulations, and National Guard officers receive 16 hours of command training for disorder situations. The deficiencies in police training for disorders are magnified by the fact that standard police training and operations differ radically from training needed for the control of riots. Traditional training and emphasis have been on the individual policeman. His routine duties involve isolated incidents and dealings with small numbers of people at one time. The nature of his work, riding or walking mostly alone or in pairs, means that he has considerable individual discretion. The control of civil disturbances, on the other hand, requires large numbers of disciplined personnel, comparable to soldiers in a military unit, organized and trained to work as a team under a highly unified command and control system. Thus, when a civil disturbance occurs, a police department must suddenly shift into a new type of organization with different operational procedures, the individual officer must stop acting independently and begin to perform as a member of a closely supervised, disciplined team. Our survey disclosed that training in practically all departments is limited to the individual. Last year's disorders demonstrated that the control problems encountered were different from those for which riot control training had been designed. Violence often involved small groups and hit-and-run tactics. Except in the later stages of the largest disorders, the crowds included large numbers of spectators, not active in looting or destruction. Since they were mostly residents of the area, dispersal alone was futile. As a result, training in conventional riot control formations and tactics, designed primarily to control and disperse mobs, was often inapplicable and ineffective. Few departments have the resources and expertise to provide adequate and relevant training for control of serious disorders. We discuss this problem in greater detail in our Supplement on Control of Disorder and set forth additional recommendations. Discipline and Command As the riot profiles in the opening chapter of the report have shown, Discipline of the control force is a crucial factor. Officers at the scene of a ghetto disorder are likely to suffer vilification and to be the targets for rocks or bottles. 
nevertheless police discipline must be sufficiently strong so that an individual officer is not provoked into unilateral action he must develop sufficient confidence in himself and his fellow officers to avoid panic and the indiscriminate and inflammatory use of force that has sometimes occurred in the heat of disorders discipline of this sort depends on the leadership of seasoned commanders and the presence in the field of sufficient supervisory officers to make major decisions the ability of police commanders to maintain command and control of units at the scene of disorder is severely handicapped by deficiencies in police communications police departments usually can communicate with their personnel only through radios in police vehicles once the officer leaves his police car or motorcycle he loses communication with his superiors and is outside their effective control the military has field communication systems which make it possible to achieve effective command and control the nation's police departments do not a more complete discussion of this problem and the commissioner's recommendations are contained in the supplement police tactics there are no all-purpose control tactics last summer's disorders demonstrated repeatedly that tactics which are effective in one situation may be totally ineffective in another the cardinal requirement is to have enough men and control equipment available to carry out effectively whatever tactics are necessary and appropriate according to the dictates of sound judgment tactical operations are dealt with in the supplement specific riot control tactics are discussed in the model operations plan described in the supplement which has been prepared for separate distribution to police departments end of section thirty eight recording by maria casper